from the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry products of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277-250-420 or plus 233 249 3361 Email us revismila at gmail.com Visit our website Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. your battle, the battle of your marriage, the battle of your business, the battle of your finances, the battle of your sickness, the battle of your shame, the battle of your disgrace, the battle of your setback, the battle of the pains you don't want to forget. God said she will rest from your battle. And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. I want to do a quick recap. I've moved to point number 12. Point number 12. I am now on key number 12. But before I get to key number 12, for the sake of those who joined us, I want to take you from where I started the journey from. The journey started with key number 1, which is avoid indecisiveness. In other words, in your life, if you can bring the greatest out of you or move on to your next level, indecisiveness should be able to live your life procrastination will never help you you need to be able to change you are getting you can get all the cds of the series so they are there you just buy them key number two is rise above the stigma of your past your past can either release you or cage you you have to be able to know where you are going because everybody has an ugly past but don't let your ugly past stop you from moving on to your future because it is past and you don't dwell on it the other thing is that key number three says practice a daily habit of self-motivation the way you motivate and encourage yourself or you inspire yourself will determine where you get to in life. Nobody can do it better for you than yourself. Bible says that and David encouraged himself in the Lord. If you want men to encourage you, men will discourage you. Situations will discourage you. Sometimes it will even make you feel worthless. But you have to know you carry something and you need to be able to shake the dust off your life and move on to your next level. Key number four says stay in the middle of what you love the most. Amen. The problem is that what do you love best to do? Go in for those things. Do them and you'll find the fulfillment that you are looking for in life. Because life has a limit. According to Psalm 90, as we read, it tells us that we should, God should teach us and give us wisdom that we may normal our days. Amen. We can't live forever, but do the best that you can do. So stay in the middle of what you love most. The other thing, key number five says, never make important decisions alone. Every time you are about to make very important decisions, be invest, investment decisions, education for your children, your own education, job, career-wise, change of job, whatever it is, don't just get up and do it. Get people who have understanding in that area. Toss the ideas around. Pray over it. Take time before you make those decisions. It is very critical. Don't move by impulse. Move by direction. 
and the multi of counselors, there is safety. Key number six say, customize your atmosphere to keep you motivated. Everything you put around you is what can encourage you. Sometimes there's a need for you to even change the painting of your room and paint it with colors that inspire you because some colors in your room can even demoralize you. Are you understanding me? So sometimes you need to paint even your room with colors. You have to have an habit of changing your room color maybe every year or every six months or whatever it is just to motivate you. You can also change your sitting arrangement, your room arrangement. You can move the chairs, periodically do it. You inspire yourself. Bring in certain new things to spice. Get nice pictures on your walls. Change them periodically. All are things to be able to create a nice environment as far as your atmosphere is concerned and to inspire you in life. And also surround yourself with people who are positive-minded. Amen. Key number seven says, make tomorrow bigger than your yesterday. Your tomorrow is gone. No matter how you think and dwell on it, you cannot redeem it and you cannot go for it. But you have a future that you need to project towards. And once you depend upon it, you can get there. So make your tomorrow bigger than your yesterday. Because if your yesterday is bigger than your tomorrow, you'll be a slave of your past. Are you there with me? Your achievement, your success, your failures, and everything are in your past. But don't dwell on it. Thank God for it. But move on to the next level. So make your tomorrow bigger than your yesterday. Amen. You, there are three people you permit to exist in your life, which is your yesterday people, your today people, and your tomorrow's people. Amen. Your yesterday people, they are gone. You can't force them. You can't move them. In as much as you want everybody in your future, you can't take everybody into your future. There are some you have to leave them and move on into your future. So learn about that. It's a principle you should be able to, to, to. You should know when information or when your conversation is over. When something is finished, it's finished. Don't go looking for it again. Let it go. Are you there with me? Key number eight says protect your passion at all costs. Everybody is born with something that consumes your life or consumes you. Whenever it's mentioned, it triggers you. You might have a passion. Your passion to be able to do something develop it dwell on it and that will make you a blessing to the world amen don't try to be like somebody you have something in there bring it out and the lord will help you key number nine say create your dream wall and continuously update it what do you really want in life you should be able to create it on your dream wall put things there write out things you want to do within 12 months within 30 days within six and write the most important things in your life that you want to really have or want to see in your life amen and don't depend upon people who waste your time there are people who laugh at your dreams and your goals and in any case you don't need anybody to approve your dream or your goal listen to me one of the things that demoralize a person is that you have dreams and you have goals you go and tell people and they will laugh at you and make mockery of it and then you get discouraged and you are not going to do it the question i want to ask you is that who believe in Isaac newton Nobody believed in him. In fact, around his time, when he discovered the law and he was coming out with it, the law of uh, motion and all those, I mean, they thought the, the law of gravity and everything, they thought the guy was mad. Archimedes, the law of flotation or the law of weight and everything, they thought he was mad because he came out shouting, naked, Eureka, Eureka, I found it. And when he met him, he said, This is a mad person. Nobody believed in him. Amen. George Stevenson coming out with a locomotive engine. Now we have the bullet train and everything. In his days, when he was coming out with it, everybody was laughing at him. They thought this guy is mad. Erasmus, okay, who came out with printing and everything. Some of them, people thought they are not even Martin Luther King. When he was speaking and all those things, people thought, no, these guys are not getting there. But reality today, we are seeing the reality of it. So every dream you have, it is possible. But in the initial state, nobody will celebrate it. Don't get discouraged with that dream. 
push on over time, people will buy into it and they will celebrate it. Am I talking to somebody here? So every dream you need to push through. It might not work automatically. You pay a price for it. Joseph's brothers laugh at him. They laugh at his dreams. His father even questioned his. But eventually, didn't they bow to him? Hello, didn't they bow to him? They bowed. But the challenge most of us have is that I have this dream and people are laughing and they said it's impossible. So then you forget about it. Don't forget about it. Keep at it. Tell the person, keep at it. One day that dream will speak and you'll be shocked. People that will run to that dream. I believe the first day McDonald's came out with his product, people were laughing at it and they thought, hey, what sort of joke is this? But today all over the world, they have chains of them and they are making money. I believe the first time we saw the computer, amen, you were laughing, he said, what, what is this caricature? But today everybody wants one. So every dream is possible, but every dream will be ridiculed first before it's accepted. So thank God they laugh at your dream. That means that dream has a potential. The key number 10 is that maintain the spirit of a finisher. When you begin everything, inspire yourself to finish it. Don't start and end in the middle. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept my faith. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. You are born to finish whatever you begin. Don't get into the middle and said, I am done with it. I challenge you today. Whatever you have started, finish it. And the Lord will give you the grace and the spirit to finish that course. Amen. Solomon built a temple and he finished it. First Kings chapter 6 verse 14. Every employer will employ somebody who has the capability of starting something and finishing. And not the one who will begin and cannot finish. Because you cannot talk and deal with people who cannot finish anything. Key number 11 is that take time as a seed of change. Take time as a seed of what? Change. Time is very crucial. And when you don't deal with time very well, it will enslave you or destroy you. Every time you have is a precious nugget you should cherish. So that means that you have to be patient with God in certain things and be focused on your own life for where you are going because God will surely be there for you. So let not you become weary in doing well for at the proper time you will reap your harvest if you do not give up. Wait on the Lord according to Psalm 27 verse 14. Galatians 6 9 is what I read first. Psalm 27 verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And it shall strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. So because of that, you don't allow people who will not matter in your life to disturb you. Because your time is to go somewhere. Key number 12. Identify and protect yourself from time wasters. From time wasters. That the person. Identify and protect yourself from time wasters. Time cannot be collected or saved. Once it is gone, it is gone. You are only permitted to spend it wisely. Or foolishly. You, can, you have the choice. Be careful to protect your list of priorities. Not everything you allow in your life. Select them. Amen. Because some things can slow you down. Now to the main service. We are now on key number 13. Key number 13. So all the keys I've rushed through to 12. I've already taught them. So get the CD and then you can follow. Key number 13 says. Learn to ask quality questions. In life, learn to ask quality questions. Listen to divine instructions and ask questions that accurately determine the needs and desires of others. Interrogate and insist on listening to the options and needs of others. People find it very difficult to listen or ask questions. Do you know that? People find it difficult to listen and to ask questions. 
You finish talking, he said, are you okay? He said, I am okay. But yet they don't understand. Some even by the time you are finished, they are already going. But in life, every good person that wants to learn and to grow should be one, a good listener, two, a good person that asks questions. Now, if you're a good listener and you can ask questions intelligently, you'll always be able to get far. And you need to cultivate that habit. It's a skill you need to master. Questions are open door for solutions. One of Jesus' success strategies is questioning. Answers will never emerge if there are no questions. Even the devil knew that strategy. In, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, he came into the question and asked a very intelligent question about Eve. He said, he asked Eve, he said, what is this tree there for? God has said us not to eat of it. Because the day we will eat, we will die. He said, are you sure you will die? He, he asked, he said, and the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, shall you not eat of every tree of the garden? It's a question. Tell the person it's a question. Based on this question, look at the answer the woman gave. He said, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent did not ask questions to that direction, but because he asked a very probing question at the beginning, the woman has no choice but to release all the information he's looking for. Delilah was able to ask something, a very intelligent question. And Samson was able to release the secret of his strength. Anytime you ask a very intelligent question, you get the answers you are looking for. So you need to know how to ask questions because it will help you. Amen. Lack of information produces an assumption which is very dangerous. So you realize that we come to church and he said, if there is anything we do or say that you don't understand, after service, talk to pastor. Or any of the leaders to explain. But ironically, we sit and leave and we don't even ask for clarification. And then we go carrying wrong impressions. Which tends to sometimes destroy because you might not understand why an announcement is made. You have been told that you can ask. So there is already an environment of liberality. And when service is done, the pastor sits down and he still waits. And leaders are around to even question. Because whenever your thought is not cleared, you take a wrong assumption. Amen. So questions are very, very important when you are, and it will clear your mind. His questions were his entry point to people's life. So questions are entry point toward people's lives. In every question lies an answer to that breakthrough you are believing God for. And every answer comes in an information in the form of simple instruction that links you to your assignment. Learn to question John chapter 21 verse 5 to 6 I read said Jesus said unto them children have you any meat they answered him no this after Jesus dead and resurrected they answered him no and he said unto them cast the net on the right side of the sheep and you shall find they cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes questions are commands tell the person questions are commands Questions reveal the needs of others. We are looking at the qualities of questions. One, questions are commands. Two, questions reveal the needs of others. Three, 
Questions reveal doubt and fear. Four, questions are a seed for change. Are you there with me? Sometimes on a discussion, somebody can be invited to be interviewed by someone on the set and everything. Sometimes they do deliberate questions. So they prepare your kids and they can inform you. For instance, if this church wants to move on to a certain level and want to make something popular, we can just organize an interview section and I can just sit there and the questions that will be asked me will be tailored towards the assignment we have. And based on the way I can answer, we can create a very good image of the church. A product can be advertised through questions. Are you there with me? An organization can be showcased through questions. A celebrity can be promoted through questions. A political party can be enhanced and endorsed through questions. Hello? So it is very, very important. So when you are able to listen to talk shows and listen to questions, sections, and all those things, it teaches you one thing. That at the end of the day, they are bringing out something that is best out of you to showcase it to the world so that the world can channel themselves and get connected to it. If you can't ask questions about the things that goes around you, you will always not get the right solution for your life. Can I hear an amen? So make an effort to ask questions. Listen attentively to the answers. Because in every answer lies a need that God has assigned you to solve. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Key number 14. Become a master problem solver. Tell the person, become a master problem solver. Everyone created is here for a reason. Everyone created is here for a reason. Tell the person, you are here for a reason. Amen. The Bible, which is our manual for daily living, is filled with examples of people who embrace their assignments. Moses was assigned to solve problems for the Israelites. Aaron solved problems for Moses. Moses said, I cannot talk. Aaron became his prophet. Jonathan was assigned to help David. Without Jonathan in the life of David, David would have died. Ruth was assigned to Naomi. Ruth became an encouragement to Naomi. You too are assigned to solve people, someone's problem. You are the lifter for someone falling. You are the source of restoration to someone's marriage. Find out in your life what you do to inspire others. And do it and you find fulfillment. I am here to solve a problem. That is why I am preaching. Hello? You are here to solve a problem. You are listening to me. Hello? Because without you, I can also not get the fulfillment I'm looking for. And without me, you can also not get the fulfillment you are looking for. So we are solving problems. As you live here, you solve problems in your office. You solve problems on the street. You solve problems in your marriage. You solve problems in every field of your life. It is critical for you to realize that. That God assigned you to solve problems. Tell the person you are supposed to be a problem solver. You are the medium through which the Holy Spirit can heal someone. You are the medium through which the Holy Spirit can heal someone. Don't hold back. You are created for such a time as this to bring pleasure to God through your deeds. You realize the story of Esther. Esther was in the palace. Esther entered into the palace and Esther thought, it is about me. There is nothing else. But Esther forgot that God did not put her there for herself. But God put her there because there is an assignment for her to fulfill. Most times when you don't know why you are in a place, you will waste the time. But when you know why God put you in a place, you'll be a blessing. When Esther needs to solve the problem, Esther was talking about the fact that it's not right for her to go to the king. But it took 
his uncle to be able to inspire him, her to be able to get it done. Amen. In the book of Esther, chapter number 4, verse number 15, let me take from verse number 13. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. All of us are in the kingdom for a reason. You are on earth for a reason. You are at your workplace for a reason. You are in politics for a reason. You are in ministry for a reason. You are married for a reason. You are a doctor for a reason. You are a lawyer for a reason. Every profession you find yourself, there's a reason. And the reason is one, is to solve people's life and to solve people's needs. It's very critical. When you miss the fundamental need of why you are in a place, you will mess up. So you go for other things that will not benefit. But the key thing is to solve people's needs. Out of solution, you find fulfillment. Amen. And 15 said, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My mates and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. You will understand that it took Esther to solve the problem. If Esther would have not acted, the whole of Israel would have perished. If Esther should have said, I am in the palace, so let me enjoy myself and forget about others, others will die. So in other words, what is simply mean that in life, don't be self-centered. Amen. Share what you have. Let what you have be an inspiration for somebody. Share your testimonies because your testimonies can save somebody from dying. And be an encourager to somebody because somebody can listen to you better than you can listen to another person. We all have different ways of influencing people. And make sure the people that are around you, you always influence them positively. So that they can depend and also get encouraged. Because you are an inspiration. You don't know who you are inspiring. So don't despise yourself. Amen. You have been set apart for an exclusive purpose of which you certainly will give an account of your productivity and conduct. You can read Romans chapter 14 verse 12 later. Studying the difference between you and others will produce a deeper revelation of wisdom. Especially regarding your assignment. A problem will always link you to solutions. For example, a mechanics can never solve legal problems. Can a mechanic solve legal problems? No. And a legal person cannot solve mechanic problems. And he knows that, that mechanics knows that his connection to you is an auto, automobile what, problem. So when you are a lawyer and you drove the car to his garage, that is not where you are going to put it to him. <laughs> Amen? That is where you are supposed to sit down. When he tells you your carburetor is 40, you have to, don't tell him according to article 11 of the law, this, 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 that. That is not the time you are quoting laws. Are you there with me? That is the time you shut up and put your hand in your pocket and then give you the money to go and buy the things and fix it for you. Because yours is to bring the car and for him to fix it. When you are sick and you go to the hospital, the doctor is in charge. It doesn't matter whether you are a king or whatever. That is not the time you are telling him, do you know who I am? 
That does not matter. When he says remove your dress, you need to have an injection. You have to remove. You look so sophisticated and so nice. When you get to the hospital and the guy says lie on the bed. You cannot say, hey, me, no, 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 carry it away. The guy might look ugly. The guy might be stinking. The guy might look whatever it is. You are the type who you don't even want anybody to see your vital parts or whatever it is. But the guy has the right to examine you. Oh, can I say an amen? And, and, and you have no protests. Amen. So that is what you should understand. You, are, you go to a dentist. You have a problem with your teeth. You will say open your mouth. Whether you like it or whether it's smelling good or bad. He has to fix it for you. If he says, I will not agree. Take it away. It's not my problem. So everyone is created to solve a problem. And the area of your problem will bring you the fulfillment you are looking for. Jesus saw the needs and problems of others and met those needs. Problems bring out the uniqueness in you. It provides income because every company is looking for a dedicated and committed problem solver. Every company is looking for a dedicated and committed problem solver. Let me say this. I've said it again. Let me say this. You are paid for the problem you are solving. If you want more money, solve more problems. Hello? The difference between the poor person and the rich person is that the poor person sat down and has not seen a problem to solve. But the rich man has found a problem and he's solving and he's making money. Period. That is the difference. So pray that God open my eyes and make him a problem solver. So that I can solve problems. I declare, may the Lord open your eyes and make you a problem solver. May the Lord cause you to solve problems to be able to earn out of it. Because when God created you and I, he created problems and created us as a solution to make money out of it. May you from today begin to solve problems. In Jesus name. Amen. If you learn how to do it and master it, well, you, you earn from it. Because it provides your income. Your connection to a dentist is a two problem. God created you to solve a problem on earth. And that is your assignment. Never get depressed or worn out by a problem. Never get depressed. God has given you the supernatural ability to solve it. If you are humble enough to listen to instructions, you'll be able to get to where you want to get to. Can I hear an amen? amen. Key number 15. Key number 15. Anticipate and avoid unnecessary conflict. In life, you have to weigh the conflict that comes to you. Amen. The wisest thing you can do is to be able to anticipate and know when there is a conflict. And what, because conflict takes away your energy. Conflict saps your joy. Conflict slows you down. Conflict defeats you. And conflict makes you look miserable. So if you can succeed in life, anticipate and avoid unnecessary conflict. Some people can try to create conflict around you just to destroy your focus. And you have to be smart. Are you there with me? You have to be smart to avoid them. Because they will never help you. Because they are not going anywhere and they want to go down with you. Are you there with me? Bible says, I never argue with a fool because people might not know the difference. So anticipate and avoid unnecessary conflict. L- learn quickly 
these are the lessons we can learn under this learn quickly how to identify people who are difficult to please around you and avoid them there are people who will be around you they are difficult to be pleased please learn to avoid them because there is nothing you can do to them that will make them happy even if you cut your head and put it on a plate for them they will still not be impressed and you can't change them because that is who they are what it means is that they, 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 they see everything around them stinking only themselves that is not stinking so every time anything you do they look at you as if you are not doing anything if you don't take care it is, it's very frustrating you can have a boss like that you can have a husband like that you can have a wife like that you can have a friend like that you can have a church member like that you can, they are everywhere and sometimes what we do is that we try to still go the extra mile. Maybe if I do this, yes, you do the extra mile, it will help you. But don't kill yourself. So learn quickly to identify people who are difficult to please around you and avoid them. Contentious people. Contentious people. People who like quarrels. People who like confusion. Contentious people create conflicts and distract you from your dreams and your goals. Most people are failed because of some of these people. They take pride in telling you the way things are. But subconsciously are a model of someone in their life who accomplished their goals through intimidation. In other words, they, they take pride in telling you, no, you should have done it this way. You should have done it that way. You should. But meanwhile, they themselves have a serious problem. But they don't see it. Every company dreads an employee. Every company dreads an employee who cannot get along with others. Every company dreads an employee who cannot get along with others. Because it breaks the focus of other employees and fragments them emotionally. Which results in delayed projects. You are supposed to do things and they are petty about everything. So, so petty that the group can stack and they cannot move on. You realize Miriam and Aaron, they were so petty and contentious with Moses that when God strike Miriam with leprosy, the whole camp of Israel have to stay and they couldn't move until the leprosy of Miriam was healed. That is how it is. When you find a contentious person among your team, in a company, in a church, in a family, please pray and let God help you. Because that thing can never advance. It's a serious spirit. Amen. So every company dress an employee you cannot get along with others. Because it breaks the focus of other employees and fragments them emotionally. Which results in delay project. Contentious people destroy the momentum and bonding that agreement can create. They destroy the momentum and the bonding that agreement can create. Romans chapter 16 verse 7 says, says, now, says this. Now I beseech you brethren. Bible is telling us. said, Now I beseech you brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. And avoid them. Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and what? He said now. When, let's go to the verse 15 and come. And then we'll get it clearly. From verse 15. He said this. He says salute Philogos and Julia. I'm here to hear this name somewhere. And Julia, Nerius, 
and his sister and Olympus and all the saints which are with them. Paul speaking. 16. Salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. He said holy kiss. He said now I beseech you brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Verse 18 says this. He said for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good works and first speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So they come with so much smooth words and they begin talking before you know they have deceived you. They will pretend as if they are supporting the thing but they are against it. Just to win your heart. After they have win your heart then they lead you astray. He said they are contentious people. Mark them. Tell the person mark them. Tell the person mark them. He says Satan always launches attacks to people and organizations through contentious people. Satan always uses contentious people as his weapon in church and in every organization to destroy. James chapter 3 verse 16 said, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And there is nothing good that can come out of that place. Amen. So avoid them. Tell the person avoid them. Now he said, these are the things they do. They sabotage God's work as well. Contentious people do what? Sabotage God's work as well. That is why most missionaries are unable to stay on their mission field due to their inability to get along with others. Instead of being obsessed with sharing the gospel, they return home because of their inability to create an environment of harmony and agreement. Contentious people are also found in ministries, in organizations, in churches, as well as families. Instead of focusing on knowing the mind of God, or the well-being of the organization and the family, they are busy creating conflicts among members and hindering the manifestation of God's word in their lives. Hey, have you, uh, did you hear what Paul said? Who told you? Are you the only one who is employed in this company? Why? You, if you know what they even say about you, you will not even work this way. So they sow seed of this court. Do you know what pastor said? Look, the way this lady passed you in church, it means that it is like this. And, and they, were, they are everywhere. They sow that discord and make you bitter. So it becomes difficult for you to even serve God. Sometimes you are even you find it difficult to even come to church. A gentleman once came to church here and, and he came to me after service. He has his own past. He has his own challenges and he came. And one met him and said, Hey, are you also coming to church? Now, if you were that person, will you come again? Where would the person go if not for the house of God? Because the person know he the person quickly said it, and this guy was offended. But he came and I advised him, and we talked about it. And by God's grace, he keeps on coming. But the truth is that sometimes this is what happens. Sometimes things you have not considered, they bring it into your mind, and before you know, you are off with them. They discourage you. You might have a zeal to serve and they pollute it. Contentious people. They are everywhere. Check the one sitting by you. Ask the person. Are you a suspect? <laughs> Amen. It's important. 
in families they create terrible conflict and that is the main reason why a family who is known to be in harmony today will be in terrible disagreement tomorrow and start fighting over meaningless things there are certain families today they are not talking because of a contentious person among them he's managed or she's managed to create a big gulf and there are people who call you tell you things and call this person and tell this person things and crash your head you'll be fighting unnecessarily and he's sitting there looking at you and he always tried to be the peacemaker bible says that on the word i'm sharing with you says that he said avoid them because it's it is contagious when the spirit of conflict and dispute enters your life it affects everything around you if that person is your friend it will, it will affect you eventually you will say oh I, I don't care he cannot you are joking over time his poisonous words will eventually eat as a cancer into your life. And before you could say Jack, you will start behaving the same way he's behaving. And that is how they work. So watch them. Enters your life, it affects your environment, everything around you. You can succeed everywhere except with a contentious person. If he's in your office with you, you might have the zeal to work. The minute they start, you of all people, you start slacking in the work. If it is church, you might be enthusiastic. You of all people, when they start speaking, as he enters into you, now you start slacking to coming to church. You start slacking in serving. You will not do things again. And your respect for the things of God begin to diminish. Watch them. They cannot be around you. And one of these, I'm going on crusades. Every department that finds such people there, I'll smoke them out. When you try to give people opportunity, they will go and look at it and belittle the thing. What kind of spirit is that? Proverbs 25 verse 24 say, It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman and in a white house or than with a contentious woman. He said if you marry a woman, it's better to go and hide in a corner somewhere than to be with a woman who is so contentious. Every time you have to check your BP. Because you will never be happy. Now, how do we detect contentious people? How do you detect them? You know, with this series, I teach you the thing and I'll show you how to get them. How do you detect them? If somebody is contentious. One, they are in total opposition to the law of agreement. All the time, Aluta continua. They have never agreed with anything. They are always in total opposition to the law of agreement. Mark them. If they are your employer, employer, employee, you will know. If they are your friend, you will know. If they are in your group, you will know. If they are in church, you will know. If they are in... So I'm giving you the signpost, you will know. They have never agreed with anything. And even when they go, ah, me, they agree though, but me, I'm not part of it. They always want to have the disclaimer. They discuss situations that do not involve themselves. They discuss what? Situation that do not involve themselves. They are master to talk about people, but not them. They enjoy debate, especially disputing and opposing whatever has been spoken. You sit around them when something is spoken, then they start giggling and murmuring. So they start passing it as if they are not talking to anybody, but they are talking to you indirectly. Are you following me? That is how they behave. They will not announce their presence, but they'll do it. So they can be sitting by you even in church or in the office. And when a boss comes and speaks and go and then, this thing too. 
they are, they are trying to disturb us all the time, money, money, and whatever it is, and, and they'll be talking. And, and, and whilst they are talking, and they keep us in church, and they don't close early, and look at it, and they come here, and then they'll be talking big things, and they, 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 in this church, this, this people, this office, this work, ah, you are doing it, you are not even appreciated. Then, then you'll be talking. It's not mentioned your name, but it's so in a city. That is how they behave. Amen. <laughs> they, they, this, they, they, they enjoy debates, especially disputing opposing whatever has been spoken. Four, they are in opposition of godly wisdom. They are in opposition of what? Godly wisdom. When things of the spirit and everything is discussed, they ridicule it. Amen. They get a man of God coming to talk and all this, eh, that is visible. And all those, they'll be passing insinuations about the things. So something that is supposed to be a blessing for you, they even play it as a child's play. Watch them. They will always have something to say about the organization they are in, or the church they are in, or the pastor they find, or the boss they have. They are never satisfied with anything they do. And yet, those people also will never leave. Look, if you like fast and pray, they will never leave. And there are those people who always pretend they, they are with you. So watch it. Five. Ingratitude is a big sign for such people. They are very ungrateful. You will do things for them and still they will stab you at the back. Ingratitude is a big sign. Satan was never grateful for his position and wanted to fight for a change. That is how they are. Now, how do you respond to such people? How do you respond to them? One, their character is revealed when you rebuke them. Whenever you rebuke them, you see that they come. You see, they are like the snake who is hiding. And so their character is always revealed when you rebuke them. So if you want to know them, rebuke them. Immediately you rebuke them, you really see what they are made up of. And I have seen a lot of them. I don't know about you. The house is quiet, eh? Proverbs chapter 9 verse 8. Let's read something there. It said, do not correct a scoffer. Do not correct what? Lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Amen. So if, if this person is of a genuine spirit or he doesn't know what he's doing, when you rebuke him or her, that thing in him or her will come out and he or she will recognize that, hey, what I am doing is not right is destroying the the work is destroying the church so the person will genuinely apologize and genuinely repent and stop doing it then you will know that this person is really learning or what to go on but those who doesn't want and they enjoy what they are doing immediately you rebuke them that they will start forming an alute against you either they will stop coming to church or they will stop at the work or they come to the work and they will be doing things that is a very serious thing. Secondly, a contentious conversation must be interrupted and stopped immediately. Whenever you, you want to stop such things, you don't wait and tolerate it. If somebody comes to your church and is a contentious person and you is the same church that feeds you and nourishes you, when you find somebody who is speaking negatively against the pastor, negatively against the pastor's wife, negatively against the church, you have to rebuke the person instantly. You have to rebuke in the organization you are working. You know that is where they pay you. 
If they are saying anything wrong about that organization, you don't let that person go scot free. You rebuke the person for what the person is saying. The person might not like you or love you, but you are saving a whole generation. Because it's important to stop them. Amen. Dr. Sean came to do a seminar and was preaching. He said, he said, those people, you need to kill them and nail them. You see, if you love somebody and you can stand in your presence, somebody can stand in your presence of the person you love and can insult that person or speak negative of the person and you will keep quiet and you don't say anything. You are more dangerous than the person who was speaking. If you really love somebody, anytime they are saying something bad about a person, you rebuke the person for what the person is saying. You don't even keep quiet to play a gentle or an angel role. You have to become radical to stop that thing. If you love your church and somebody is speaking bad about your church, you have to shut the person up and you don't applaud the person or join in that conversation. And that is the spirit to deal with that. Amen. Three, confrontation is necessary to help them understand and check their attitude and work on it. That is if they are willing to change. Four, any contentious person who refuses to change must not have access to you. I remember when our general overseas issue came up and, and people were talking about it and everything. Out of my own will, I'm not a spokesperson. But out of my own will, I have an opportunity to be on radio discussion. And after the year was the, was the moderator then in Prime FM. I sat on this station and I was with the communication team members of NDC and everything. We sat there and I was able to put my point through because I cannot be respectful to the anointing that I serve under. And I didn't, I didn't consider it because I've been given an opportunity to sit on radio. And I don't care who. Because the truth is that the one that poured, give you even water, deserves an honor. If you really love somebody, even the mistake of the person, you are not celebrating it, but you cover him and protect the person. And that is the problem we have. Somebody can be your friend. As long as the person is good, it's your friend. When he makes a mistake and others are talking, you go lambasting the person. And you join the people. That is disloyalty at the highest level. But through loyalty, you fight for the person, defend the person, then come and face the person and say, hey, this is what I'm hearing about you. I just fought for you. Change your life. But don't join and then you come now and wash your mouth. And be like the person that nothing has happened. You are the most serious traitor ever to be found on earth. <laughs> key number 16. My last key. Maintain the power of effective negotiation. What you negotiate in life is what you are going to receive. Maintain the power of effective negotiation. Negotiation is important. Your words have the power to create financial gain or loss. Your words have the power to create financial gain or loss. Your words have the ability to bring increase or decrease. Your words can either create doors or walls. 
your words can either be bridges or barricades. I take it again. Negotiation is very, very important. Your words have the power to create financial gain or loss. Your words have the ability to bring increase or decrease. Your words can either create doors or walls. Your words can either be bridges or barricades. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. By the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 2. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips, but the just shall come out of trouble. Proverbs 12 verse 13. Let's look at the meaning of negotiation. Negotiation. Amen. Negotiation. Negotiation. To negotiate. What does it mean to negotiate? Amen. Not to turn, not to turn around. To negotiate a calf. Amen. To negotiate is to discuss the terms of an agreement. Agreements or projects or proposals will come to you. Your ability to negotiate or to bargain with a common layman's language is to bargain. Your ability to bargain where in life will determine what you get. You can go in to buy a thing which is priced as maybe $2,000. Okay? You can pay $2,000 for it and somebody can come in there and can negotiate or bargain for it and will end up paying $500. And you look and say, wow, how did you get it? The person got it because he's able to negotiate. So in marketing and supply, one of the critical things you learn in marketing and supply is the power of negotiation. And one of the incentives of marketing and supply is that when you go on every company's base, you should always be able to look at the minimum than against the maximum. And if you are able to negotiate very well and do very good purchases, it becomes an advantage for you. So you go in to take pro forma invoices and then go in and renegotiate to be able to beat the price down. A very good negotiator is able to always bring the best out of everything. In life, if you are able to negotiate effectively, you will always have the best out of life. Jacob was able to negotiate well. He has a very good skill of negotiation. He was able to negotiate and took the best right from Esau. Amen. Whatever you want to have in life, learn how to negotiate. Tell the person, learn how to negotiate. Those days we go to the Ben Dan boutique. You don't just buy anything. Once you pick it, you start pricing it. The person will give you and you also quote your own. By the time you go and pick something nice, but it looks very cheap. Another person goes to buy something expensive. The truth is that the difference is your ability, your ability to negotiate. Amen. In international relationship or in negotiation levels on the table, it is critical that you be able to know the people you are negotiating with and know their weaknesses. Because in negotiation, you have to know the weakness of the person you are negotiating. On a negotiation table, everybody you are sitting with, you consider the person as, as fool, but you are the giant. That is how it is. And in negotiation table, you always have to believe that you are the smartest among the people. Because you always have to win for your side. So every good negotiator is a selfish person. Hello? The house is quiet. Because he has to negotiate to get the best from you. Sometimes he can negotiate and buy something from you. He leaves you before you realize, ah, I shouldn't apprise it this way. Amen. So learn to negotiate. And in negotiation, your words are key. The way you speak, the way you articulate, the way you convince, the way you initiate. 
that can be able to get you what you are looking for. In order to cultivate an effective negotiating habit, there is the need to pursue negotiation wisdom. This can be achieved by attending seminars. Can you achieve by attending what? Listen to messages relating to such area and secure the counsel of qualified mentors before carrying or carrying out any serious negotiation in order to avoid mistakes. Anytime you are going to any serious negotiations, you need to be able to know. Even the bank, even to attract a loan. Do you know that you can attract a loan at a certain percentage? And the same way if you can negotiate well, you can also get it at another percentage. The bank will not give it to anybody, but you can, they can get it, give it to you because of the ability to negotiate. So it's very critical. Negotiation requires the right attitude because everybody involved wants to benefit from it. The seller wants to create favor and a happy customer service. And the buyer involved wants to save some money. So the negotiator always wants to save some money. The buyer also wants to be happy. So it's a two-way win-win what affair. Amen. Let your information be able to accommodate the need of a seller in order to obtain favor. Negotiation must be viewed as a win-win situation for everybody involved. As a win-win what? As a win-win what? For everybody what? Involved. Amen. You also have to know that negotiation requires an understanding of the cost involved for others. Invest time researching on prices. So when you are going to negotiate for anything, you already know the price at the back of your head. So you are negotiating to the baseline of the price you know. So you don't go negotiating when you are not armed yourself. You know, go negotiating when you are armed yourself. You know how much this thing costs. So you can negotiate well. Amen. So you do that. So you spend time researching on prices. This helps to know exactly how far to negotiate. Negotiation requires timing. It requires what? Timing. Do not rush anything. When you have to be a good negotiator, don't rush for things. Pretend. Even when you like it, pretend you don't like it. Amen. When, when, when you even like it, pretend you don't like it. Bluff sometimes. And don't feel like if you don't take it, they will take it away from you. You will not get it. Because anytime you are going to negotiate and the people realize that you are too enthusiastic and you are all for it, they will kill you with the thing. But even if you love it, and as a negotiator, don't be afraid to let things go. Are you there with me? always see that whatever you are seeing you can see a better thing so anytime you are going negotiating for something just pretend you don't like it even though you like it they will give you so look if you are not ready for it take it meanwhile you want it so that is an attitude you should be able a disposition you are supposed to have amen so negotiation requires time do not rush anything you will almost not do well in something you do not have sufficient information about Avoid every salesman that insists that, take note, avoid every salesman that insists that today is the last day of this sale. Today is the last day of this sale. You will not get it again. I have practically experienced some of them. Those of you who travel a lot, you realize that when you go out there and you are going for shopping, there are days that they do discounted sales. Are you there with me? Now, you enter into a shop and then you see something you want to buy. Maybe you have some days to spend. Not that you are going. You have some days to spend. And the, and the day you enter 
into your country. No, you went for shopping. So you are going to shop. You went in, you see this thing. He said, ah, this thing is nice. You quickly want to buy. And they, they will tell you that, oh, this is the last stock. And all those things, it's not going to come again. And so you are in, you got to buy. Now you buy the thing and go because some places do it every week, every weekend or every three days, whatever. Then you, you go in again and you realize that, ah, the thing you came to buy, they have reduced the price drastically. And, and the thing is that you have already bought hello and even better ones have even been displayed than what you went to buy but if you were patient enough that is why window shopping is important hello so you have to be able so don't let any salesman tell you today is the last day if you don't get it no no your life is not tied to it let it go you can let it go today you get a better thing tomorrow you get a better thing tomorrow. Don't be eager. Just relax. Do not fall for it. When you return next month, they will still deal. Because they need your purchase more than your products. Amen. Cultivate the habit of a listener because they are real. It helps you to develop an understanding of the fears and passion of the hearts of those at the negotiation table. When you sit at the negotiation table, listen to them when they are talking. Those of you go for to negotiate on behalf of companies and to negotiate on for other things. When you go there, don't be quick to talk. Listen. Whilst they are talking, be noting down some points. Out of their own words, you can even tie them to it. But when you are quick to be speaking, whilst they are speaking, you are also speaking, you will end up making, excuse me for a better word, foolish negotiation. Amen. Some people sign, you sign contracts, which is your death warrant. Negotiation. All of us are four victims to it. Amen. So listen thoroughly, compassionately, and expectantly. Don't get excited because the thing is going, so you are going to join. Let it go sometimes. Sometimes leave it and go home and ponder over it. You have a better reflection on the thing. Finally, successful negotiation should be focused on details. That matters the most. Even though your opinion matters as an employee or a business person, make certain that it is held at the right time. In the right environment and with the right attitude. Amen. It is not everything you disclose. When you are disclosing it, be careful where and how you disclose it. Above all, make time to meditate on the word of God in order to make proper and effective decisions and negotiations. The Holy Spirit knows the right time and will create the right environment for you to receive if you submit to his leadings. God bless you. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC East Legon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Audu, visit us online at www.icgceastlegon.com or email us to icgceastlegon at yahoo.com or call us on 57 2260 and 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays, first service, 7 a.m., second service, 10 a.m., on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. for our teaching service, and Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. for prayer service. You can also connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Skype. 
God richly bless you. So if you say the lost and wretched, so am I.